Hi, my name's Ryan Perry. I'm the pastor at Seneca Baptist Church, and we are so thankful that you're joining us in this online resource. Our prayer for you is that this resource would not replace your active involvement in a local body of Christ, but would rather be supplemental to it. If you are interested in getting further connected to the ministry of Seneca Baptist Church or to giving financially, please visit our website, SenecaBaptist.org. Thank you and enjoy. And everyone says... Now, you got to say something to each other that I'm thinking right now, but I just want, it to, I want, it, I want you to say it to each other because I'm standing here uh, just enjoying the view. I'm standing here enjoying uh, what Ryan has been bragging on for the last uh, several years, and that's you guys. So I want you to look at each other right now and just say, you look marvelous this morning. Would you do that? Come on, husbands. Come on. Come on. Do that. There you go. There you go. You look marvelous. You look marvelous. As a matter of fact, I tell you what, we're just not going to do the sermon today, and y'all just all going to take turns standing up here looking at you guys because it'll thrill you. It will absolutely thrill you. I, I had lunch with Ryan uh, just last week, uh, and I'm, I'm just telling you, that man is in love with this church family. He loves you dearly. I couldn't get him to quit talking about you. You know, I mean, he was just talking. He was telling all that was going on. And then, Christopher, you say that Ken Hemp, Hemphill is going to be here on Wednesday night. What am I doing here uh, this morning? Guys, I want to tell you what. I don't know what my schedule holds for Wednesday night, but maybe I can change it. You need to be here to hear this marvelous, marvelous man of God as he shares with y'all. That is exciting uh, to have him here uh, with you guys. I, I am just very privileged, very honored. The last time that I spoke to you guys on a Sunday morning, it was about 95 degrees and we were out there. I came home. It was the first time I'd ever spoke to a group of cars. And then last week, you're not going to believe this, I spoke to a church on uh, last Sunday in Anderson, and they grew so much in 2020 that they're still meeting outside, and they're letting their children's department use their building, giving the kids the air condition, and the adults are still staying out there. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you I told Sheila, I said, you know, I just, didn't, I just didn't know what it would be like to preach to a bunch of cars. And to be honestly, I'm going to miss your beeps today. I mean, there were a few times I said a few things that deserved a, a honk honk, and y'all gave it to me, and that was, so you don't have to say amen today. You can just look at me and go, like that, and I know what you mean. I mean, it'll be awesome. If, you, if, you, if, if there's anything I say that's worth a, you just give it to me, and we'll just go. We'll just go. I do love you guys so much. Some of you went to the Holy Land with me. I told uh, one of the ladies that went to the Holy Land with us, I said, y'all know that y'all broke the Holy Land. Because y'all do realize that Seneca Baptist Church was one of the last tour groups to be in Israel. 
And, uh, and, and we've been trying to get back in there, and we're planning a trip in, uh, next October. Hopefully everything will be open, and hopefully you can go. And I just think what the government's doing is saying, unless Seneca Baptist comes back, we're just not going to let anybody else back in. But we know that uh, it's the COVID there and just like here. But Sheila and I had such a great, great trip with those of you that got to travel with us. It was uh, uh, just one of those memorable trips for us. And we're so glad that we had that opportunity. So, I'm going to pray for us this morning before I, before I go into this journey with you. Uh, I will go ahead and say this while it's on my mind because I don't have it wrote down. Uh, Ryan mentioned Psalm 63. And that's what I was going to preach to you today. But I'm actually going to save that and I'm going to preach Psalm 63 to you next Sunday. Because as we talked about it and he asked me a little later to do two sermons. And as I was praying about it, I felt like God said, let's hold that one, Mark. And let's do this one that we're going to do today, which I'm just telling you, the choir special today and the ending of my sermon, oh, how it just moves so hand in hand and so beautifully, and God's just all about doing that, you know. So I do want you to go home, and I do want you to read Psalm 63. Would you do that? This means yes, okay? Would you do that? This week, read it. Let it speak to your heart. You'll already be churned inside and moving inside. As we come back together next week, God willing, and, 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 and we'll talk about Psalm 63. But as we pray this morning, I'm going to ask you to pray along with me. You know, it's a wonderful thing to, to hear somebody pray and you say amen or you agree with what they're saying. But, but I want you to pray as I pray. And this is what I want you to pray. Just like I asked you out in the parking lot and I asked you this morning. I want you to pray, Lord, open my mind, open my ears, open my heart to hear what you want me to hear today. Because I am absolutely convinced from the youngest to the oldest that we have sitting here today, God wants to say something to you this morning. So would you pray with me? Would you do that as I pray? I hope so. So Father, here we are. Just in, in just a, a, a beautiful, beautiful time in our life called Sunday morning. A time, Lord, that you know I don't take for granted. A time, Lord, that I feel honored and blessed because I know that, that Ryan trusts me to be able to share with this beautiful church family. And so, God, I just go right there now, and you're looking at Ryan just as you're looking at us. And God, what an awesome and incredible God you are. And Lord, I pray that you give him a week that just is amazing for you, for those young people and those teachers that he's going to be speaking to. Lord, that their lives will never be the same after this trip. Protect him. Keep him safe. Lord, just use him in a mighty way. And then this morning, Lord, I pray that each one of us sitting here, again, from the youngest to the oldest, will have ears to hear. Lord, we will receive what you have to say to us into our spirit, into our heart. And God, we will be able to reflect on that and learn from it. And Lord, just rejoice in you. So Lord, here we go. 
I pray your blessings like only you can give. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Well, some years ago, back in about 1993, actually many of you know that I planted Golden Corner Church in Wahala. And uh, I, I was so excited about that. The South Carolina Baptist Convention was our sponsor, and they helped us do that. And from the very, very beginning that we knew, being raised in a pastor's home, that what the Bible taught about uh, outreach and missions. And, and we knew that our number one priority was our county, Wahala and our county, and then our state, then our country, and then the world. Isn't that what the Bible says? That Jesus said, go out into your hometown and into your country and to all the world. And so I asked God, I said, Lord, you know, uh, we're, we're pretty much a blue-collar church and, and stuff, but we are, are dedicated right here in our county to do some awesome things, and God did do some awesome things, still doing some awesome things through Golden Corner. And I said, but Lord, when you open up a door for us to, to go overseas or to go out of the country, I'd love for you to put us in a place that we can go back every year. So, so it can't cost a whole lot, Lord. And, and, and the reason we want to do that is we want to build some relationships in our missions. So God, within about a two or three years, led us to a little island called Eleuthera. Anybody ever heard of the island or been to the island of Eleuthera? Well, Eleuthera is just a small island part of the Bahamian chain of islands. So it's very easy to get there. Literally, if you go to Miami and you go about 60 miles that way, you run into Eleuthera. Well, we didn't do it exactly like that. We did fly over there, but led us to a lot of Haitian refugees. And, and God started doing some wonderful things in Eleuthera, and Golden Corner still goes there. Well, about four years into going to Eleuthera, there was a hurricane that came through Eleuthera, and it really did some damage. So me and, and a few other guys decided in the spring of that year that we would fly over to Eleuthera, that we would check out the damage, see what we could do to help them when we brought the whole team back that summer, and that we would, we would have to order the supplies from Miami, and we'd get them over there, and so we did that. So we got to Eleuthera, we, we seen that we were going to have to work on the church that we used there, a few homes and a few other things. And about the time we were to fly home, one of the men looked at us that was with us and he said this, hey guys, he said, I have a sister that lives on the little island called Abaco. She's married to a, a native of, of, of uh, the Bahamas. He's a fisherman. He takes fishermen out. He said, why don't we call our wives and get permission, because, you know, we as men need to do that, you know, uh, get permission to stay a few more nights and go over to Abaco and, and, and hang out with my sister some. We did. We grabbed this little plane, and we just flew over and just landed right there in Abaco, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful little island. We were eating supper that night, and the phone rang, and, and this, this guy who was the captain of this fisher boat, he picked up the phone, he talked a few minutes, he hung up the phone, and he looked at us guys, and he said, hey guys, how would y'all like to go deep sea fishing tomorrow? Free. I like that word free. I had never been deep sea fishing before, and I liked that word. And so early that morning, right at sunrise, we got on the boat, 
And there were about five of us, and we headed out. Now, the reason the people canceled the night before was the water was supposed to be rough. And as soon as we got out of the little bay, that boat started moving. And a few of the guys on our boat started feeding the fish pretty quickly, if you understand what I'm saying. Literally, I was like in a corner in the boat saying, Lord, please help me not to get sick. Please help me not to get sick. And I just didn't want to get sick, and I, I didn't. I was, I was okay through it. Well, we got out into deeper water. Things calmed down. And the captain looked at us, and he said, Okay, guys, we're going we're gonna to be fishing for some pretty big fish today. And, and literally, he brought out six fishing poles, and he put three on this side and three on this side. They had these big old hooks on them, and he was putting bait on the hook bigger than anything I had ever caught out of kiwi. And I'm thinking, if something bites this, this is going to be one more honking big fish, you know? I am excited about this. And since I was the only one that had never been deep sea fishing, they decided to let me go first if one bit. About 20 minutes into that trolling, all of a sudden one of those poles did like this. The captain jumped down from his perch, he grabbed the pole, and he said this, Get in the chair, Mark, get in the chair. And there was this chair right at the end. And he put the, the rod and reel in the, in the little slot there. And he said, okay, Mark, pull and reel, pull and reel. And I'm just pulling and reeling. And literally, the captain is standing there jiding me saying, come on, Mark, you look like a sissy. Come on, pull, reel. He said, come on, Mark, you look like a tourist. What are you doing and everything? Well, guys, I was doing the, I was pulling, I was reeling the best I could, and that went on for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, my, my, my fish just came right out of the water. Y'all have seen that before, right, on TV, you know? And when the fish came totally out of the water, I'm going, whoa, like that. And the, and the captain says, yes, it's a wahoo. Well, I didn't know what a wahoo was. But it didn't matter. It was a big fish. And so all of a sudden that fish went into the water though. And it dove deep. And I can't move it. I can't do anything. It's sort of going back and forth. And then all of a sudden the captain says, It's a shark, Mark. Pull real. There's a shark after your fish. And sure enough, we looked out there. And the fin of that shark was following my sh my pole fish, I had it hooked here, and a shark was on its rear end. That fish was going crazy. It came back out of the water, and when it did, that shark came up out of the water right behind it and bit my fish half in two. Again, I'm going, ah, <laughs> like that. Well, the captain says, no, Mark, it'll come after the rest. Keep reeling, keep reeling. So I'm reeling as hard as I can. Well, there was no resistance then because it was just half a fish coming across the top of the water like this. But sure enough, that shark came up behind that fish and started just chasing it again. I'm reeling as hard as I can. I get to fish to the back of the boat. The captain reaches down, grabs the front of the fish, throws it into the boat, and the shark is coming so fast, it can't stop, and it just hits the back of our boat. I'm not sitting in the chair anymore <laughs> by this time. I am literally standing in the chair going, oh, oh. <clears throat> If somebody would have started playing the Jaws music at that time, I would have had a heart attack. 
I am telling all the guys in the boat, they're doing like this, you know, and they're just like, did you see that? Can you believe that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I will just go ahead and say this. Have y'all ever heard that old saying, cuss like a sailor? You ever heard it? You can admit it if you heard it. I found out where that came from that day. Because that captain was pointing at that shark and he was saying things I'd never even thought of before. I was going, la, 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 la. I mean, because who wants to mount a half a fish? You know, it's bad for his business. And so I just tell you, it was a crazy, crazy experience. Now, some of you are sitting there thinking two things. You're supposed to be preaching to us out of the Bible. Why in the world are you telling us this story? And number two, there is no way that happened. It's pretty bad when a preacher tells a fish story and he has to bring a picture to prove it. So, there was what was left. See where it bit it? You see on the end there where that shark bit? That was what was left of our wahoo. That captain filleted that and we had it for supper that night. What was left of it. So, guys, I'm just telling you what. I could not wait to get home. I couldn't wait to tell my kids, to tell Sheila about my fish experience, and it was awesome, but I really couldn't wait to get back to Eleuthera that summer, because what I did mostly in Eleuthera was I taught the young people, the young boys, the teenage boys, and I couldn't wait to get there and tell them before I started teaching the Bible, you can take it off now, and <laughs> so, so literally I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait to tell them my fishing story. Because I just thought it would be so interesting to them. So the first night, we go to Bible club. Before I start teaching them, sort of like with you guys, I tell them that whole story. Now, I'd, I will tell you, I probably embellished it a little bit more uh, when I was telling those teenage boys. But when I got to that part of what happened right there at the end, one of the, 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 the boys that was there, one of the teenage boys, he looked at me and he said this. He said, Preacher Mark, he said, do you know why? that fish came, or that shark came after your fish. And this is important, so I'm going to say it again. He looked at me and he said, Preacher Mark, do you know why that shark came after your fish? And I looked back at him and I said, well, really, I've never thought about it. I, I, I guess it was hungry. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, sharks are scavengers. And they come after what is injured. Can I say that again? Hear me. you got to hear this. He said, no, 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 preacher Mark. Sharks are scavengers. And they come after what is injured. And guys, I want to tell you, when this young man said that, I continued to teach my lesson, but God started speaking to me. Has that ever happened to any of you, Sunday school teachers, or, or any time that, that you may be speaking to someone and you want to tell them about the Lord, but then God's speaking to you about something else? I mean, I was speaking out of my mouth the lesson that I was supposed to go and teach them, but God was speaking to me, and this is what God said to me, and that's exactly what Satan, the adversary, does to my people, Mark. He comes after them when they're injured. He comes after them when they're fighting depression. He comes after them when they're sick and they don't have anybody else to go to but me. He comes after them. You see, guys, you got to understand something. 
When Mark Bagwell is feeling down and out, when Mark Bagwell wakes up and, and things are heavy on me, Satan does not wake up and look at his principalities and say, hey, you know what? Bagwell's feeling bad today. Let's just leave him alone. Are y'all getting where I'm going here? He doesn't do that. He literally doesn't do that. He said, Bagwell is feeling bad today. We need to go get him. Because this is where he's going to be the most vulnerable. This is where we can attack him the most. And as I thought about that when I got back, I mean, my world was rocked that night. When we came back to have supper, I could barely eat. Because I knew what he was saying was true, what, what the Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as an individual Christian. This is what he was speaking to me. He was enlightening me. He was bringing me to even a better understanding of the adversary. And it took me to a verse in the Bible, John 10, 10. Now, now let me, let me let's say this to you. Let me say this to you. The whole chapter of John is wonderful. And I know I've already gave you an assignment of what? Psalms 63. Psalm 63. I know I've already given you that assignment. But guys, if it has been a while since you have read John 10, 10, hey, we got several days in this week before we come back next Sunday. I encourage you to go and read that chapter. Matter of fact, if you haven't read John in a long time, what an awesome book. But in John 10, 10, we find Jesus telling this marvelous story. Oh, it's just a marvelous story. And, he, and he's, he's representing himself. He's talking about himself as the good shepherd, as the gate into heaven. And he's talking about the wonderful things that him and his father do together for us as Christians and how they protect us and how they take care of us. And, and guys, I don't know about y'all, but when I'm reading the Bible, I just try to put myself in that story. I, I love to just imagine what was going on. I love to hear the sounds and smell the smells. I think that's one reason I love to go to Israel so much because when we're over there, that happens to us. We can, we can sit there and talk about the miracles of Jesus and, and see the places and and stuff, and I love to do that, even when I'm at home. And in John 10, 10, I can literally, literally see Jesus, as he's telling this story, just stop. Because he loved his disciples. He loved them dearly. He loved them like Ryan loves you guys. And I can see him stop because he feels something in his spirit. And he says, guys, listen to me. Have I got your attention, guys? Listen to me. The thief. He has only come to steal, kill, and destroy. Do y'all understand that? Do you know that? Do you know that Satan, the only thing, the only thing, there is nothing else he does 24-7 is he's come to steal away, kill, and destroy. Anything that's in his path. And even if you're not in his path, he will go after you. Now, I do have to say this, and please understand this, and we'll talk about this a little more at the end of the sermon, but that's not the end of the, the verse. I can see Jesus put a smile on his face and say, but I've come to give life, and I've come to give it to the full. I've come to give it abundantly. Whew. 
Don't you know that made his disciples just, oh, we're with the man. We're with the guy that will give us abundant life. That will, will Even when Satan is trying to kill, steal, and destroy from us, we are living with the one that gives life to the full. And guess what, guys? Man, again, I just love Ryan. How many times did he say, hey, the same Jesus that y'all are, are, are worshiping there, we've been worshiping over here. He's been saying, he was saying, hey, that same Jesus that was with the disciples 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that's right here on this pulpit with me. Is the same Jesus that's right in, the, in the, the pews of this congregation. That same Jesus that can give life to the fullest. But let's talk about that for just a moment. That, that one little verse right there. Guys, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he does do that. Again, I, I'm convinced that he comes after us when we're in pain. Now, now it could be COVID pain. It, it could be pain of, of some other disease, cancer, anything like that. It could be a spiritual pain where you have just lost your way and you're, you're not uh, communing with God and, and you feel like when you read your Bible, nothing's happening or when you hear the preacher, nothing's being heard. So it can be physical, it can be spiritual, it can be emotional pain. And Satan will exploit that. And, and I need to say this to you this morning. I know the Bible says that Satan comes after us like a roaring lion. Y'all remember that? Have you ever read that before? And I, I believe he does. And, and just because I don't want to scare you this morning, but he will get in your face and he will roar at you and he will try to intimidate you. But this is what I'm convinced of. He comes more to us in that whisper in the middle of the night, in that whisper in the afternoon, and he'll say things to us just like, Sometimes he even takes people and he says stuff like, you're ugly, you're ugly. Nobody thinks that you're pretty. He, he'll, he'll say things that are just total, total lies into our heart. And, and, and as I say those things to you, I am here to proclaim something to you. Now, you got to hear this. If you ever hear those kinds of things, you got to know this. The Holy Spirit would never say those kinds of things to you. Never. Never. Can I say that again? When you hear those kinds of things on the job, in your family, uh, uh, at school, wherever you may be, and things are not going well for you, and you hear those kind of things in your mind, the Holy Spirit would never, never say those kinds of things to you. So if the Holy Spirit's not saying to you, where's it coming from? It's coming from the adversary. And I, I will say this. I just turned 60 years old. Woo! 
I get the senior discount now. I am, I, I am driving from the senior tees. I'm telling you, I am 60 years old. But I have, I have been around this for a long time. And I've had that old Satan whisper in my ear at times. And I will say, in times past, he's took me out for a day, two, two days, three days, a week sometimes. Better now, though, better now, just in that experience and that time, all this time that I've spent with the Lord. And sometimes I'll hear those things in my head, and this is what I'll say. Is that the best you got, Satan? In the name of Jesus, you cannot say those things to me because I know it's not God speaking to me, those lies. And you, you, my dear friends, are able to do that same thing. So here we are. We've identified how Satan comes after us at times, and he, and he comes after us. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know that this sermon is for every single person sitting here, but there's people sitting here that do need to hear this. I don't know. Again, I don't know what you're dealing with, but God does. And God said to us, again, Jesus in, is his son. He looked at the disciples, and he says, but I will tell you this. I have come to give you life and give it to the fullest. So how does that happen, guys? It happens through a personal relationship with Jesus. The number one thing that you have a, a, an opportunity to do, I, I know that I've taken for granted so many times, standing in the pulpit, looking at folks, and just because you're here on Sunday morning, taking for granted that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I will not do that anymore, and I do not do that today. So I encourage you, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and come into your life and make you a Christian, oh, he's just standing there and he's ready to do that. That is that number one step. And then in doing that, build a beautiful, beautiful relationship with him. There's a lot of things that that we know about Jesus and I found something the other day that describes Jesus and uh, I'm going to read it to you I couldn't memorize the whole thing so I'm just going to read it to you it's beautiful listen to this Jesus came to give us abundant life y'all with me on that one Jesus came to give us abundant life not only an abundant life but a life of true fulfillment you see, Jesus lived among the broken. He shared his meals with the ungodly. He is true freedom, and he is everlasting joy. I believe that. We're going to talk about that a lot next week. But he is true freedom and everlasting joy. When society restricted people from touching the sick, Jesus healed them. When holy men restricted themselves from being with sinners... Jesus befriended them. And when the religious system restricted people from having access to God, the good father, then God, the perfect son, came in the flesh to be among them, to love them, to save them, to be them. That's who Jesus is. And that's what Jesus done while he walked here on this earth. And that's what he still does today. He is right there with us. He's right there to celebrate with us. He, he, and, and, and I believe Jesus loves to do that. 
We, uh, we have a ministry called Shade Tree Ministries where pastors and wives and, and literally missionaries from all over the world and nonprofit leaders that, that are on the front line 24-7, they come to Shade Tree Ministry, which is our house, and, and we just love on them. We just take care of them. We pray with them. We feed them. And boy, do we feed them because my wife is an amazing cook. She's just, she's sitting right there. She is, she is. Uh, I told you that, that I turned 60 this year. Well, we also celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary this year. Sheila married me when I was 12. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But we were young, we were young. And, and you know, I, I'll tell you, uh, it, it, our very first date, I drove my little Volkswagen to her house, and she cooked for us. And uh, then we watch Hee Haw. I love to see that a lot of people that I'm talking to know what Hee Haw. I bet you guys don't know what Hee Haw. Oh, you do? No, he says, you know, you need to go on the computer and show him Hee Haw. <laughs> Corniest show you ever seen, but we just did. And every Saturday night, that's what we do. But my daddy said, well, Mark, what did Sheila do? What, she, what did she cook for you? And I said, Dad, she cooked pork chops and green beans and, and some other vegetables. I said, but Dad, she made biscuits that were this big. And Daddy said, oh, my, cathead biscuits. You need to hold on to that woman. I said, I think I will. I think I will. Got the courage to just say, hey, will you be my girl? And she said, well, we'll think about that one for a while. No, she didn't. She was, but God is using what we do now and what we've done all of our life to encourage and to love on and, and help ministry uh, people that, again, have been discouraged and maybe they've let Satan come in and steal, kill, and destroy uh, some things away from them. And, and uh, literally when they come, we help them remember to dance. We help them remember to, to, to sing. We help them remember to, to let God sing to them. In a time that I was going through a very, very, very painful time in my life. Very painful. I remember as I was coming through that, and I was sort of coming out of that, I was in Eleuthera again, and, and we had a mission trip going on, and I, I'd done my devotion about the third day, and I finally started feeling the Lord, and, and, and there was a jam box. So I've already mentioned hee-haw and a jam box, okay? I am dating myself. There was a jam box there, and some of the men that were already working, they had put a cassette. Y'all know what a cassette is? They put a cassette. It wasn't an 8-track. It was a cassette. They put a cassette in. And, and I walked up, and, and I was starting to finally feel that, that time back with the Lord. And this song started playing. It started singing, You are so beautiful to me. Y'all remember that song? You are so beautiful to me. Can't you see? And this was God singing to me. I know he was using that dude that sung the song, but, but he was singing to me. You're everything I hope for. You're everything I need. By this time, I'm squalling. You are so beautiful to me. 
And guys, that's been about 20-something years ago. And now I'm sitting on my back porch some, some days and I'm driving my, 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 my neighbors crazy because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you are so beautiful to me. And then I will just stop and let him sing it back to me. Because the Bible says he will sing to you. And so many times we have ministry leaders that come to Shea Tree and they forgot that. Have you forgot that this morning? Have you forgot how beautiful you are to the Father? Guys, I want to tell you, y'all may think I'm just crazy. If you don't think I'm crazy already, but what I'm about to say, you may think I'm crazy. I mean, you know, the, the Bible says that, that God does not slumber. He does not sleep. So while we're asleep, he's watching over us. And I can just see him this morning as, as he watches each one of you. Each one of you, I can see him as you were waking up this morning. And, and it says that Jesus is at his right hand. And he just punches Jesus like this. And he says, hey, look, my girl, my guy, they're waking up this morning. And guess what? They're going to Seneca Baptist Church. And they're going to worship us today. And my son Mark is going to tell them for me that you're beautiful. And so I say that to you. You are beautiful to the Lord. So I'm a grandfather now. And uh, uh, I get these little videos from, from our children about our grandchildren. And since I have a captive audience here, I'm going to show you a little 30-second one of one of my granddaughters. My, my, my daughter-in-law sent this video to us, and, it, and, and it's our granddaughter helping her put on her makeup. Uh, Kenny Bale loves to help Ashley, our daughter-in-law, to, to just sit beside her as they put on their makeup. And, and Kenny Bale just has that brush, and she's doing like this. And obviously, Ashley had been singing a song to her by a guy named Bruno Mars. I had no idea who that guy was. But I did look him up. He's got some good moves, you know. But Kenny Bell is singing this song, and she sends it to us. And I'm going to let you listen to it for just a moment this morning. Your face is not a thing that I would change because you're amazing just the way you are. And when you smile, the whole world stops and stays for a while because you are amazing just the way you are. <laughs> yes, I've watched that about 5,000 times. Sometimes I'll pull that out in the mornings and I'll put it on just so Kenny Bell can sing to me and just let God sing through her and say, Mark, you're amazing just the way you are. Don't you ever let Satan whisper in your ear and tell you you're not amazing. Just the way you are. Right now, in this very moment. Oh, I can hear him. I can hear him. I can hear him even trying to whisper to you right now. And you may look back at me and say, well, Mark, you don't know what I've done yesterday. You don't know my thoughts yesterday. You don't know what I said yesterday. You don't know all these things. No, I don't. I'm not God. But I know God. 
And I know that he looks down on you and he thinks you're amazing right now just the way you are. So I'm going to start right here with this, with this group. Y'all, y'all, y'all listening to me. You're amazing. God has sent me here to tell you, each one of you, you're amazing. You're beautiful just the way you are. Okay, I'm going to include this whole group here. We're going to make the bend. Jane, can you hear me back there? You got me? Okay, raise that hand, girl. You're amazing. God, God sent me here when you woke up this morning. He was so excited that I would be able to tell you that you are amazing and beautiful just the way you are. Here we go. Even with the guy that doesn't know what hee-haw is. It's okay. God will forgive you for that. I'm just kidding. From my wife, Sheila, all the way back. Please know, each one of you, you're amazing. And you are beautiful. And God's come to give you life to the full. To bless you, to protect you, because he loves you. You. Don't think about the person beside you. Take it in yourself. Let it, let it just go deep in your heart. I know you're sitting there waiting. It's my turn. All of you. Listen. God wanted me to tell you this morning that you're beautiful and that you're amazing to him. He adores you. Here we go, Christopher. We're going to go all the way around. You are so beautiful to him. Each one of you are absolutely amazing to him right now just the way you are. I hope you can hear him singing to you. You are so beautiful to me. I'm not going to forget you guys. You are absolutely adorable. To God. He loves you beyond all measure. And he has come to give you life and give it to the full. And he sees those times. He sees those times that each one of us are, 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 are whispered to by the adversary. But don't you ever receive that ever again. Because you know that father that loves you. And adores you. Would never speak those evil words to you. He's just going to speak. Those words of love. Now now I do have to say this. Sometimes conviction comes our way. Guys conviction is not a bad word. It's just bringing us back into a, a full fellowship. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when Satan comes after us. To steal away our joy. Don't you hear him? 
possibly God will even let you hear my voice. He just says, make a joyful noise, and I do that. Just singing to you, you are beautiful. You're everything he hoped for. You are. So would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, what an incredible joy it has been to be able to just spend a few moments looking into the eyes of these beautiful people, beautiful people, having the opportunity for just a moment, Lord, to just, just share the words of Jesus. They're not Mark Bagwell's words, they're the words of Jesus. As Jesus loved his disciples so much, and he loves these people just as much, and he wanted to say to them, now, now, I know there's an adversary out there, and I know he's coming after you at times, but just be aware of it, and he has nothing to do with me. But also share with them, Lord, the beauty of that intimate relationship with Jesus. Where he just whispers in our ear and says, no, 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 you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're amazing, you're my child, just the way you are, I love you deeply. And so guys, before I finish this prayer, I just want to say this to you, we're about to sing a song, and I feel very very passionately and I feel very at ease to say that that this altar is open to you and as Christopher leads us through this song if you're just there's just something moving in your heart that you just need to spend time with the father right here in this altar for just a little bit I encourage you I encourage you Sometimes, guys, I find myself in the altar, and it is, it is just a, it's, it's a game changer for me at times. And I encourage you, don't, don't deny yourself if you just want to spend just a few minutes with the Lord right here. I'll pray with you. Somebody will pray with you, and you will be blessed. So, Lord, we don't, we don't sing this song to end this sermon. God, we don't. We sing this song to continue to worship you. We sing this song, Lord, to be able to lay our hearts open wide to you so you can feel them, so you can love on us during this time. We praise you. We praise you. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. And everybody says... Amen.